As I said this morning, uh, for all of you, Thanksgiving uh, is in the rearview mirror, uh, or for most of you, maybe you've still got a family gathering coming up, maybe not everybody could get together on that special day, or even this past weekend, and so you've got a special Thanksgiving Day gathering uh, planned uh, after the fact, but I bet you're in the minority. Most of you have already moved on past the most recent holiday, and you've got your eyes set on December 25th, and you're planning for Christmas, and the fall decor has come down, and you've drugged the Christmas tree out of the closet and set it up, and you've got wreaths on the doors and the windows. Some of you crazy people have you've gotten that stuff out like a month ago, and you've had it up already through the Thanksgiving holiday, which I think has got to be like a cardinal sin to, to whip that stuff out before uh, Thanksgiving is over. But nevertheless, you've rushed the seasons, you're already in the Christmas mode, and Thanksgiving is, is long since past. But as I said this morning, uh, Thanksgiving I should never be in the rearview mirror for Christians. So let's pump the brakes a little bit, not so fast. Uh, I know Thanksgiving is past, but that's the topic of our thoughts tonight. Uh, and that is that we should celebrate, as God's people, Thanksgiving all year round. For Christians, every day ought to be a day of Thanksgiving. That doesn't mean we ought to have a turkey feast every day, or you know, we ought to lounge back on the couch and watch football and take a nap. Every day ought to be an opportunity for us to be grateful. And I'm not talking about a general feeling of gratitude that our, our culture, you know, that's a value of our culture, feeling grateful or thankful for the most part. And this kind of characterizes modern Thanksgiving celebrations. No, I want to talk about Christian gratitude. And there are some things that set Christian gratitude apart from ordinary general gratitude. Here's one way. We have been called to be thankful specifically to God. Recognizing that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift that we can enjoy in this life. And we learn that, of course, from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17. So we are not just generally thankful. We don't just feel a sense of gratitude for what we've been given, we take it a step further and we acknowledge that God is the one who has blessed us with all of the gifts that we enjoy. And some of us, you know, this seems simple enough, but some of us might need to work on that. Uh, we talk about being grateful and thankful, but oftentimes we don't take that extra step and say, I'm thankful to God when we're talking about gratitude. I'm grateful to God. God is the one who has blessed me. God is the one who has showered gift, gift upon gift in my life. And so He's the one that I give all the, the glory and the credit to for blessing me. He's the one to whom I'm grateful. So that sets Christian gratitude apart. But here's something else. Something else that sets Christian gratitude apart. And that is that we have been called as God's people to be thankful regardless of circumstances. Now let me share a couple passages of Scripture with you. And I want you to grab your Bible and, and go here with me. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Both in the New Testament here. Both letters of Paul. 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Paul encourages the Colossian church with, with these words. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And so what we learn from Paul's words here is that our entire lives should be steeped in gratitude, in thanksgiving, no matter what's going on. What Paul says here are actions that should characterize every single day that we're on the earth. Whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, number one, do everything in the name of Jesus. But number two, give thanks to God the Father through Him. So everything you're doing, everything you're saying, every single day, you are in the act of giving thanks to God. Or at least you ought to be. You ought to be in this mode of constant gratitude every day that you're alive on this earth, every day that you've got breath in your lungs. And now look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Paul here says, give thanks, and this just spells it out quite clearly, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, who better than Paul to exhort us in that way? I mean, Paul, these are not just empty words for Paul. Paul walked the walk here. Give thanks in all circumstances. Paul knew about all circumstances, and he tells us in his letters, he knew how to abound, he knew how to do, do well and you know, have everything go his way, but he also knew how to suffer. Uh, he knew how to be persecuted. He knew how to go through hardship, and Paul says to us, give thanks in all circumstances. So Christian gratitude, as we think about how it's set apart from general gratitude, is really countercultural. We talked about, you know, this general sense of thanksgiving. That, that's a value of our culture. But true Christian gratitude, really, it goes against the grain. Whereas others are generally thankful, or maybe... They attribute good things to themselves and they look at their lives and their successes and their belongings and they say, you know, I'm here because of me and because of my talent and because of my effort. And so, yeah, I'm thankful uh, that I have all these abilities that have gotten me here. I'm thankful that I'm, I am successful and that, you know, I'm the one who uh, should be praised for that success. That's the way the world thinks, but we Christians think different. Every good thing that we experience, we give the glory to God. We allow our gratitude to go up to God. And that's what sets Christian gratitude apart. And whereas others are thankful in bounty, it's quite easy to be thankful when everything's going your way. And I bet that most families in our country who gathered around the table didn't think of all the bad things. They thanked God for the good things if they were thankful at all. But we Christians, as Paul says, we've been called to give thanks in all circumstances. And so we are not only thankful in bounty, but we're also thankful in want. And that is, that's very subversive. That's very countercultural. That's different than what our society is used to. 
So let's dig a little deeper into gratitude. I want to talk about three things in regard to gratitude tonight. I want to talk about the effects of gratitude. I want to talk about the enemies of gratitude. And lastly, I want us to talk about some experiments in gratitude. So first, the effects of gratitude. The benefits of being thankful uh, have been well documented, well proven. Uh, For one, being grateful makes us happier. Studies have proved this, that thoughts of gratitude uh, produce feelings of pleasure. They get our pleasure centers uh, responding in our brains uh, when we think thankful thoughts. Something else that gratitude does is it stimulates areas in the brain that regulate stress. And so being thankful uh, can help quell some of the stress that we experience in our lives. Gratitude produces resilience, which means the ability to, to cope and to handle traumatic events in a healthy way. Studies have shown that counting blessings was a factor in managing post-traumatic stress for uh, Vietnam War vets. And it was an effective coping strategy for many people who suffered through the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Being gratitude helped these people, and I'm sure many more through history, become more resilient and able to bear up under the weight of great trial and tribulation. Gratitude increases patience and self-control. And who couldn't use more of those virtues. Patience, self-control, thinking grateful thoughts can help you in that area. Gratitude is good for relationships. This is a no-brainer. Couples good at exhibiting thankfulness tend to be more committed and more likely to remain in their relationships over time. So if you regularly say thank you to your spouse, Uh, for things they do for you, for uh, working hard, for um, taking care of things around the house uh, or in the yard, for being a good father or mother to the children. If you express your gratitude, and and again, it's not enough just to think it. Thinking it is one thing, but when you express that uh, to your spouse, that can make your relationship more committed. Uh, It can ensure that you will remain in that relationship and that it will be a healthy one. Gratitude can positively influence physical health, studies have shown. Dispositional gratitude, which means you just have an orientation where you look on the bright side of life or you look for the good things instead of the bad. Dispositional gratitude leads to healthier individuals. Specifically, it's been shown to have a positive impact on heart health for those who have struggled with, uh, with um, you know, heart problems in their history. Um, gratitude breeds good habits. In one study, some New York teenagers uh, who were found to be more grateful than their peers were less likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. Gratitude. Finally, gratitude can get you a better night's sleep. Is that good news for anybody? Uh, do you struggle with sleep. I mean, this may not be the the end-all, cure-all for you, but in one study, 
adults with uh, some with sleeping disorders who before they fell asleep thought about reasons that they uh, should be grateful, fell asleep faster, and they stayed asleep longer. So that old advice about count your blessings before you, before you go to sleep, that was actually pretty good scientifically proven advice. So if you struggle with sleep, maybe gratitude is the answer for you. So I share all this uh, just to prove that God's way always leads us into the best life. That God's way is always best. That when God says, you need to be grateful to me for all that I've done for you, that good things come from that. This is, all, this is God's world. This is all connected to God's will for our lives. And this is God's way of showing us that when we do things God's way, we have better lives, healthier lives. That doesn't mean you know, we don't have problems and, and um, uh, difficulties that we run into. But in general, God wants us to live full, healthy, whole lives. And being grateful as He's told us to leads us into that kind of lifestyle. But the most important effect of gratitude is that practicing it helps us become the people that God intended us to be. So there may be a lot of positive byproducts from being gratitude, like all the ones that we've listed, all the good things that can come from being grateful to God. But the number one reason that God's people are grateful to God is because we want to become the kind of people that God wants us to be. We want to live out the life that God has called us to live. So let's talk a little bit about some enemies of gratitude. There are enemies of gratitude that are lurking about uh, that want to prevent us from being the grateful people God has called us to be. And we must guard against these. Uh, they are very sneaky. And they can easily slide in, in the back door of our lives and take over and steal away our gratitude before we even realize it. So here are three. You can probably think of more. One enemy of gratitude is anxiety. Anxiety. Worry chokes out feelings of gratitude in our lives. Worry can direct an excessive amount of our attention toward problems and therefore away from blessings that we've been called to be grateful for. And the worst thing about this is a lot of the problems over which we're anxious are problems that we have no control over whatsoever. Things that we can't change. No matter how much we try, how much we worry about them, there's nothing we can do to alter these problems, these things that we worry about. And yet, we've allowed worry and anxiety to pull us away from being grateful. And so anxiety is an enemy of gratitude. Another enemy of gratitude is envy. Envy. Looking desirously upon the possessions or the lifestyle of somebody else. This is a huge struggle for people in our society. Christians are not excluded. The more you compare yourself to others, the more you desire what they have, and technology plays into this. We've said over and over again in, in different forums here that social media plays into this because you only put the best of your life out there for others to see. 
And then your friends think that that's what your life is all about, and so that's the kind of life that they want. But they can't see all the stuff you sweep under the rug, the stuff you decide not to post. Social media and and our culture at large can breed envy by encouraging us to compare ourselves and our lifestyles and our stuff to other people. We begin desiring what they have, and the more we do that, the less grateful we are for what we have. So envy is a, a, a great stealer of gratitude, an enemy of gratitude. And here's one more. Busyness. Busyness. Endless tasks and to-do lists and appointments distract us from the solitude that we need in order to foster gratitude. In order to really be grateful, we have to slow down. We have to stop. We have to think. We have to reflect about all the great things that God has done for us. And when we're moving through life at at a breakneck speed, We don't have time to do that. We don't take time to do that. And so busyness becomes a great enemy of gratitude because we're not pausing to think about all the reasons we have to be thankful. All these things, anxiety, envy, busyness, these come naturally to us. These come easily to us. And that is because they are products of our fallen world. They come from the fleshly side of us. They arise out of the the brokenness that surrounds us. Now, in contrast, gratitude characterizes our renewed state, our restored state as Christians. It doesn't come from the fleshly side. It comes from the spiritual side. It grows out of living by the Spirit, which is what Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5. And so, the more we... Try to keep step with the Spirit of God, the more grateful we become. But the more we resist that, the more we give in to our fleshly impulses, the more anxious, the more envious, the busier we become. These are things that do not characterize the Spirit-filled, Spirit-led life. But gratitude does. Gratitude is... It characterizes the life, the new life in Christ that God has called us to live, led by His Spirit. So let's close here with a few experiments in gratitude. How can we become more grateful? Uh, How can we push these enemies aside and embrace gratitude and all of the positive benefits that come with it, including, most importantly, becoming the kind of people that God has called us to be? Well, here are a few suggestions. Number one... It may be helpful for you to write, W-R-I-T-E, write down what you're thankful for. Now, we sing this song, it's a good song, and I'm not knocking it, but count your blessings, name them one by one, and we think about those instructions, and we think, that's a daunting task, to sit down and to count all my blessings. I would never have time to do all that. Well, the good thing is, You don't have to count every single one of your blessings in order to foster a more grateful life. Just a handful will do. Think about a few blessings every day. Maybe you want to start a gratitude journal. And every night before you go to bed, you want to write three things or five things that you are thankful for from the day that you just experienced. 
Maybe you want to start a gratitude jar. Maybe you want to pull a mason jar out of the cabinet and put it on your counter and every day write something you're thankful for on a slip of paper and put it in there. And then when it fills up, you can dump it out and read all those and um, then you can count your blessings. But you've just added one at a time, day by day. And when you look at all of them, you'll be able to see what a rich life God has given you to live. This month, Lauren put up a poster board in our dining room, and every day, each of us, except for Avery, wrote uh, something that we're thankful for uh, from the day. And it's been a joy to go back and to read all of those blessings that we've posted up on the uh, poster board. I bet you can think of another way that you can write down things for which you're thankful in a way that will help you Remember those and remind you how blessed you are. Here's another suggestion. Express your gratitude. As we said earlier, thinking and feeling gratitude, that's great. But it's good to take that to the next level and to get that out and to to express. If you feel thankful for somebody, let them know that. Pick up the phone, give them a call and tell them. Or tell them out in the church lobby tonight. Or better yet... Not better yet, but here's another way. Put a handwritten note in the mail, or if you don't have time for that, send an email or a text message and just say, I'm thankful for you. That text message might be received or that card might be received at just the right time in somebody's life. I've had experiences where I've written a card and hadn't thought a whole lot about it, but somebody will say, that card meant the world to me, and it could not have come at a better time. And I don't think that's me doing anything. I think that's God working behind the scenes to orchestrate that. But you never know what kind of impact that's going to make. A card of appreciation, of gratitude. Uh, Here's another one. Reflect, reflect. And I've got a couple ideas here. And and these would be good to do with other people. Friends, uh, your family. This is something, this first one is something that we've done on mission trips. We call it a powwow. And you talk about, this is good at the end of a day, you talk about a pow, something bad that happened to you, something negative, but then you talk about a wow. And uh, a wow is something positive. Uh, some, some time where you saw God working. Something that lifted you up and encouraged you. And it was amazing to me when we'd go around the circle on our mission trips, how many people would say, you know what? I don't have a pow today, but I've got like two or three wows. The more you do this kind of thing, the more you realize that the wows outnumber the pows. Here's another way to put this that I just heard about recently. Roses, thorns, and buds. Anybody ever heard of this activity? I thought this was pretty creative. You get together with a group, it's very much like the pow wow. You talk about roses. Uh, blessings, gifts in your life for which you're grateful. You talk about thorns, the bad stuff. And then you talk about buds. Things you're looking forward to that you expect will become roses. Or if that's a little too flowery for you, maybe like a good sporting metaphor would work. So how about home runs, strikeouts, and on deck? Talk about home runs, strikeouts, and what's coming up next. What's on deck in our lives? Things that we're looking forward to that we expect will become home runs. It's good to reflect in these types of ways to to, uh, remind us how 
much we have to be uh, thankful for. And then lastly, a no-brainer, pray. Pray more. Be more grateful in your prayers. Carve out a greater block of your prayer and dedicate it to gratitude. Spend more time in your prayer life thanking God specifically for blessings that you enjoy. One of the greatest, the greatest blessing that we enjoy is salvation through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And there may be somebody here tonight, in fact, I bet there is, who has yet to receive that blessing. And if you're here, and if you're ready to put on Jesus Christ in baptism, we don't want to leave here before you make that decision. Or if there's something else you're struggling with that you want to come and ask for prayers, if you sense that you need to be restored, that your life has gotten off track to the point that you don't think you're in a right relationship with God anymore, we want to help you make things right in your relationship with God. If you have any spiritual need tonight, we invite you to come as we stand and sing right now.